Well, coming up on this episode of Perfect Game Retirement, we have a mailbag edition. We'll be answering listener questions. We got a handful to go through some great topics like Social Security, talking about how to support your parents as they get older as well, plus investing in company stock. A lot of different topics. Hopefully, a number of these will be interesting to you and maybe help you with the situation you're in as well. That's coming up. Welcome to the Perfect Game Retirement Podcast with former professional baseball player and now financial coach at Black Oak Asset Management, Ryan Ledman. This show will help you make the right financial decisions so you can pitch a perfect game in retirement. Here's the wind-up and the delivery. Glad to have you inside Perfect Game Retirement. Ben George, along with Ryan Ledden, President and Financial Coach at Black Oak Asset Management. And Ryan, what's going on today? Oh, man. I can't really think of anything new. Just new year. Got some new things going on uh, here at the office. So obviously, there's a new year, a new reset. I've never been a big um, New Year's resolution type guy, but it is kind of a good reset to take a look at things and what changes need to be made and what modifications. And, you know, you do still set goals. We always still set goals, but I guess it's it's good to do at the beginning of the year. And you just you set goals, but then a lot of times you have to adjust and pivot those things because – there's one certainty and that's change. So you have to, uh, you have to definitely, uh, adapt to those things. But, uh, yeah, I mean, things are going, things are going well here and, uh, we're continuing to grow. So that's great. And, uh, continue to spit these podcasts out, which I enjoy doing. So hopefully we'll, we'll keep, keep going through the rest of the year with these too. Yeah, this could be an interesting year. I mean, obviously, you know, it seems like we have a little momentum, uh, things seem to be improving from the economy and, maybe a housing standpoint. Then, of course, we have the election coming later this year. So oh, I'm God. sure you'll be getting a lot of questions uh, throughout 2024. Yeah, it's, I'm not a, I've said this on here before. I'm not a political guy. Uh, uh, it's all noise to me, and uh, it, I don't enjoy it. It's, it's uh, yeah, we're about to get hit with a lot of ads and mudslinging, and I just don't enjoy it. But, yes, I get questions all the time. And usually, no matter if they're Republican or Democrat, usually the presidency has nothing to do with the stock market. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, it, they want to do all this analysis on, oh, Republican presidents do this, Democratic presidents do this, and rates return. Ah, it doesn't matter. Um, it, it's just going to be on. As soon as they're into office, it's going to be some other headline after yeah. that. So. They put way too much emphasis uh, on who's in the who's in the White House. So we'll just uh, it doesn't really change my life drastically. It doesn't change my business a whole lot. Yeah, sure, there's changes that could be made, but doesn't change my family's life a whole lot. So that's what I'm focused on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know there'll be a lot of questions. We got a lot to get to today on this episode of Perfect Game Retirement. So we're glad you're here. If you have any questions you want to follow up with afterwards, you can always log on blackoakam.com. Also, you can give Ryan a call at 470-508-0508. All right, we've got a number of questions to get into, so let's jump in and start with Kathleen, who says, I've been retired for two weeks, and I'm already panicking about living on this fixed income, and I'm looking for a part-time job opportunity. Is this a normal reaction? Hmm, Kathleen, that depends. <laughs> it depends on, I mean, if you if you used a planner beforehand and had a very good income plan that projected this stuff out. You you shouldn't be this um, panicking is a, is a pretty strong word. Um, I, I don't think you should be panicking after two weeks, but it's okay to have a knee jerk reaction to, Oh my gosh, I'm no longer working now. 
I'm in decumulation phase. That's okay. And, I, and that's what happens. A lot of the people that, that we work with, it's usually not a numbers thing. It's more of a, am I really ready to do this? Am I mentally ready to, to do this? So Kathleen, I hope, I hope you're not, not panicking again, ho- hopefully. And if you haven't met with an advisor, meet with somebody, get an income plan and lay that out. So you see it. Okay. And, and, and put things in different buckets, have your social security and, and have any pensions that you may have your investments. Like what does this look like from an income standpoint? So I don't want, I certainly don't want you to have to panic Kathleen, especially just two weeks in. It's okay to have some reservations to it because it can take time and, t- and an adjustment period, but I don't want you to panic. So you probably need to see, see an advisor, um, even if it's just to pay for a plan and maybe not have an ongoing relationship with an advisor. Maybe you just need that. Uh, so see if somebody can help you out there. Cause I, I don't want you to, to have to go through your entire retirement, uh, feeling this way. Yeah. Thanks for that, for that Kathleen. And yeah, definitely not alone. I'm sure in feeling those feelings as you head into retirement, but always was it's always best to have a plan and have someone that you can, uh, can rely on to help you with this, these questions and, and these concerns as you deal with them. All right. Thanks Kathleen. All right. Jacob's next and says I'm 67. So I've reached full retirement age for social security, but I don't have plans to retire anytime soon. Should I go ahead and, and start my social security now, or should I just wait until I'm done working? Yeah. Good question, Jacob. I mean, there's two schools of thought on that and I'll tell you what I usually prefer. So if you're 67, yes, you're, you're at full retirement age, FRA. Uh, obviously, it depends on what year you were born, but you reach full retirement age. So the kind of the the rules behind that is there's no reduction in your Social Security benefit if you take it and you are still working full time. If you have taken it before your full retirement age, then yeah, there's a reduction and there's a mathematical formula on that that I'm not going to get into today. But you're okay as far as that goes. I have some people say, "Well, I'm going to go ahead and take it now and you know save it and invest it." And okay. I, I see your point. It's valid. Um, but also, Jacob, if you are married, I don't think in the question you said if you're married or not, but if you are and if your benefit is higher than your spouse, then there's a legacy play there. There's a legacy planning uh, thing there because if, if you wait and you get those guaranteed delayed credits that the federal government is offering now on Social Security, so the longer you go out, most people know this, the higher your benefit is that higher benefit carries on after you. So if your spouse does have a lower benefit, let's say it's 2000 and yours is 3000. And if you were to pass your spouse keeps the 3000. So basically they keep their own benefit with an additional thousand dollars. So that's where you do have to think about that long-term. If you have other assets, um, if you're working full-time, I, as of right now, the so, the Social Security Administration, the, the delayed credit for every year is a guaranteed 8% increase. There's not a guaranteed 8% investment out there that you can get that's going to do that. Sure, could you get higher if you take that money and invest it? Yeah, it's possible. It's also very volatile, uh, but there's not a guaranteed safe investment that's going to give you 8% like the federal government is saying is as at least now. That could certainly change with the federal government. So, I would hold off, Jacob, with the little information that I have. Um, I wouldn't just hold off and keep delaying it until you're done or 70. All right. Very good. Thanks for that question, Jacob. Megan is up next and says, my dad is in his 90s and his health is starting to decline. Very sorry to hear that, Megan. Uh, Would it be wise for him to start gifting money to me and my sister while he's still alive so that we don't have to deal with so much estate tax? We've also talked about him signing over his house to us. What do you think, Ryan? 
Oh, man, there's a lot of good stuff in that question right there, Megan. <laughs> Not uncommon. Most of my client, because most of my clients are in their mid 50s. That's my average client age is mid 50s to, to upper 50s. So they're dealing with aging parents if they are still alive. So they're in that age demographic that you're talking about, maybe mid 80s for most of mine, but plenty that are in their 90s. And they are starting to decline, whether it's physically, cognitively, or both. Um, so there are things to consider there. Now, obviously, Megan, with the questions that you are asking, so I usually sometimes get the question, should they start gifting money so they don't really have anything so then they qualify for Medicaid? I'm like, no, that's not – I wouldn't suggest that because a Medicaid care facility is very different than one that you pay for. So, But in this case, you're asking, should he gift money away uh, to avoid estate tax. So that means your father is worth a ton of money. And I'm not, I don't want to assume you know what the um, estate tax exemption is, but it's for 2024 as the recording of this show, it's $13,610,000 that can be basically passed on without an estate tax. An estate tax is 40%. So you pay 40% of every dollar over 13610000 so if he's if he's over that and y'all have an estate tax issue, well, congratulations to your dad. But no, do I want you to have to pay forty percent on anything over that? So if he can't now, he's allowed Megan to give away eighteen thousand dollars per person. So if he gives it away to ten people, he can give away one hundred eighty thousand dollars. Now the, it has to be ten different people. They're allowed to do that. That's the way the tax code is written now. So, Megan, there's a ton to unpack here. I don't want to go down a rabbit hole too far. If he has estate tax issues, I mean, if I'm in that situation, if I'm your father, I would rather give money away and see people use it while I was alive if he's of sound mind. You didn't specifically say, you just said his health is starting to decline. But if he's of, of sound mind and can do that, I would much rather do that while I'm alive instead of when I pass away. But again, a lot to unpack there. You need to meet with an advisor. You need to meet with an estate planning attorney and start basically making some big decisions there. Yeah, definitely not a situation where you just give a, a quick, straightforward answer, right? It's one that yeah. <laughs> takes a lot of planning and, That's and right. discussion. So again, follow up, uh, Megan, if you would, blackoakam.com or 470-508-0508. All right, a question from Erica says, I'm a big believer in my current company's future. So the majority of my 401k is invested in company stock. I understand that I'm not diversified, but isn't that okay since I do know the company so well? Fair, fair question there, Erica. Again, same thing. I mean, are you taking a big risk? Yeah, you know that. You're acknowledging that. You know you're not diversified. You say your company is doing so well. Obviously, we've seen companies that look like they're doing well, and they are not because there's they're cooking the books. Obviously, those are rare circumstances. They do happen, though. There's a lot of clients that I work with, not mentioning any names as far as big companies go, but I have plenty of clients. I have individual stocks and, and stock options, RSUs and things like that through their company, and, and their portfolio is large uh, with stock options. But some companies, it's hard to argue. It's hard to be like, yeah, I, it, the proof's in the pudding. This is what they've done. This is the returns. Now it can get so high where it's like, okay, we're going to keep this amount there, but we need to start carving 
we got to car- start carving some of that money off and, and diversify because when you're, you know, they're getting sometimes 70, 80 percent, 90 percent of their net worth is tied to not only their paycheck where the company that they work for and their stock options. So that's just a huge risk. And, and I know it can be very rewarding and very beneficial, but just kind of set that limit in your mind or with an advisor and say, OK, once we get to this point whatever percentage that looks like we need to start selling off, but you got to be okay with where the stock is. Now you can't look back. You can't be like, Oh, it's $300 a share. Now, you know, 10 years later, it's 600, whatever the numbers are, you can't look back and be like, Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Cause you have a large amount already. So you're going to capture that big upside if there is a big upside. So there is a responsibility thing that you need to have for yourself. And then if you work with an advisor that your advisor should suggest, um, when you get to a certain point, you you don't need to have that much in there, no matter how good the company is, because uh, things things happen. Things even to good companies, things can happen, and so you need to you need to diversify. Because I again, I used to have a client who worked for a telecom company. Same thing happened, where people had most of their net worth into the single stock. It was a no brainer. It was killing it in the stock market, and. They were cooking the books and, and people's 401ks just got slashed uh, by 60, 70%. So can't happen. I've seen it. I've seen it happen. Not just on the news. I've seen it happen. Uh, so just beware. I, I see that you are, but just know when you get to that point where you need to start selling off, Erica. Yeah, there's a lot of examples of, of companies that everybody thought were incredibly strong and had a bright future that uh, turned out to not be the case. So Things to think about, Erica, as always, but we appreciate the question. All right, Anna's next. Says, I've been loving the growth in my 401k for the past several years, despite the volatility, but I just don't know how long this ride can last. And quite frankly, I can't believe it's lasted this long. So when should I walk away from this roulette wheel? Pretty good description of the market. (laughs) (laughs) No, right? I I see kind of – I I can read between the lines there. Um, I'm kidding, but – I'm not kidding at the same time. So, and it depends a lot on where you're at, what age you are. Volatility is a up swing and a down swing. So volatility goes up and down. So usually people who are putting money into their 401k benefit from the volatility. As long as you stay the course, don't make any bad knee jerk reactions. And I mean, if, if you think the market is at its all time high and never going to go beyond this, Okay, then, then then maybe you need to reassess kind of a risk tolerance um, thing for you. Not necessarily if you should continue to save and invest. So if you if you think we're at the peak and, and never going up after this, okay, I think some decisions need to be made. But think long term, and even if you are getting close to retirement, that you may have twenty, thirty years of life left in you. I'm not saying you got to be all in the stock market, but you still need to have exposure to it probably. I mean, everybody's risk is different. And, and so if you if you don't if you want to lock in all of your gains and never lose a dime, okay, there's strategies out there, there's quote unquote products out there that will allow you to accomplish those goals. So I think it's more reassessing where you're at, Anna, and, and really figuring out what your risk tolerance is and, and kind of going from there. But it kind of sounds like you're risk adverse, which is okay. It's it's totally fine. But, you know, calling the market a roulette wheel, hmm, I mean, I see where you're going with that. But hmm. long term, I mean, if you look at it day to day, it basically is a roulette wheel. I think historically speaking, the market goes up. I think it's, I think I read a study that it's it goes up 52% of the time. 
<laughs> when you look at it day to day, but then you start looking at year over year, the, those numbers start to change and move. They start getting higher as far as uh, in a positive manner. So yeah, just reassess where you're at. And, and if you don't think the market's going to go up ever, then you may need to make some decisions. All right. Great question, Anna. And again, if you want to sit down and talk about investment strategies, you can always do that by get in touch with Ryan, 470-508-0508. All right. Uh, Sherry's next and says, I've spent 40 years saving and investing. And now that I'm about to retire, I can't even comprehend the notion of turning things in the other direction and taking money out of savings instead of putting it in. I know this is something that people do all the time. So why does it terrify me so much? Yeah, I mean, this is the coaching part. This is the behavior aspect of of what we do and how we help people and any, any advisor the same same regard. Yeah, it's reverse engineering, Sherry. So yes, you've been in accumulation phase for for decades and decades and decades. Now you're it's it's decumulation phase or basically reverse engineering that. So sometimes people don't need investment help in the accumulation phase. Maybe they don't. Maybe they're just you know been at a job forever and they're just plugging away at their 401k and they only have 20 to 25 investment options. Maybe they don't need an advisor from an investment management standpoint, but reverse engineering that when you retire and leave that company and probably you're rolling this over to an IRA, you don't have to, but probably doing that, just kind of being aware of your costs and expenses and different investment options that you do have in an IRA. It's usually it's usually a little easier to pull money out from an, from an IRA than it is a 401k usually. Uh, so it may benefit you in doing that, but what investments to sell, what accounts to take them out of, because you may have an IRA, you may have a Roth, you may have a brokerage account. How, what accounts do we pull from and what investments do we sell? That's usually a good place. I think where an advisor can come in to, to help, um, and it kind of keeps you removed from having to worry about that on a daily basis and or I should say monthly basis, maybe depending on how you take your money out. But it takes the emotion out a little bit more. So I see where you're coming from, Sherry. It's just a different mindset and, and, and it's perfectly, perfectly normal. If you don't want to have to fool with it, uh, that's where probably an advisor will come in to help. All right. Got a couple more here. Here's one from Anthony. A lot to unpack in this question, Ryan. So stick with me here. I have almost $2 million in retirement savings, but I also have a lot of debt. I own a rental property that I could sell, and it would give me enough money to pay off all three of my cars, all my credit cards, the parent plus student loans that I'm paying for my kids, and a personal loan from the credit union. I've always disliked the idea of doing that because I've wanted to have that property for rental income in retirement, plus I'd have to pay some capital gains when I sell it. But is it worth selling that to knock out all the debt? Mm, yeah, a lot a lot going on there. My knee-jerk reaction is, yeah, I would sell it and pay it. Because, I mean, the rental income that you're getting, is it superseding what you're having to pay off in debts? You know, obviously in that question there, it's not mentioned. But, man, to me, that's peace of mind. So I would, I would get rid of the debts, um, again, without going down a rabbit hole with all the different numbers and interest rates and all that, um, I, I would pay the capital gains tax and then take the whatever's left over and pay those debts off and be done with it. Because some of the ones that you were talking about, they're just, they're never going to go away. So I would get rid of them by paying them off. All right. Good question, Anthony. All right. Uh, final one here from Jason. 
I retired recently and have found that it's incredibly cumbersome to withdraw money from my 401k. My Social Security check obviously arrives monthly, and I'd like to make monthly withdrawals from the 401k as well, but it's such a hassle to make these withdrawals that I'm inclined to just take money out once a year and keep it in the bank to spend as needed. But then I have money sitting in the bank for a year, getting virtually no interest, not to mention the fact that I might accidentally spend too much if it's all just sitting there in my checking account. So do you have any solutions for this? Man, this has like a lot of the little subtopics that we've talked about even mm-hmm. on this episode or the last one. Uh, so good question, Jason. Same thing. Lots of, we had a lot of lengthy questions on this show, um, <laughs> Ben. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so yeah, lots of, lot to go to unpack there, but... Again, this kind of goes back to the previous question. I believe it was with Sherry. Again, whether you do this with an advisor or just doing it on your own, I, for, for the reasons that you just stated, I would roll it over to an IRA. It's usually easier because you can tie your checking account to the IRA um, and you can set it to where these monthly contributions are going into. Uh, you can withhold the taxes from it and you can have it set on a certain day every single month or twice a month. It just depends on how you're, you're, you're paid. So yeah, I mean, doing it all in one lump sum, some people are disciplined enough to do that. And I'm not saying you're not Jason, but yeah, there's temptation there. There's money just sitting there. It's not earning anything. So I, I would, I would make things easier on yourself and, and roll it over to an, an IRA. Uh, obviously with any, with any custodian out there, there's, there's, plenty to choose from. Uh, obviously the big ones you can think of is the Fidelities of the world, the Vanguards of the world, the the Schwabs of the world. It used to be TD Ameritrade, but now they're underneath Schwab's umbrella, but you know, T. Rowe Price. I mean, you can go on and on and on. So they would all gladly open an IRA and help you roll that money over. I mean, where maybe where the 401k is at, they can do an IRA where it's at as well. So it's just easier in my experience, it's been easier and more efficient to pull from an IRA than it is a 401k. All right. A lot of great questions, a lot of different topics that we covered today on the show. If you have anything that you want to follow up with or have your own questions as well, we'd love to hear from you. And again, these things take a little bit deeper conversation than we can give and allow here on the show. So always encourage you to reach out to Black Oak Asset Management online, blackoakam.com, or over the phone at 470-508-0508. Well, very good show, Ryan. A lot lot to discuss today, and I'm glad we kind of went through this. We'll we'll do it again soon, but appreciate your time as always, and I hope you have a good week. You too. The Perfect Game Retirement Podcast is brought to you by Black Oak Asset Management, serving the greater Atlanta area with offices in Alpharetta and Macon. The show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Perfect Game Retirement to find us. You can also visit blackoakam.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Ryan Ledden, and to learn more about how to pitch a perfect game in retirement. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Please consult with a qualified professional before taking any action. Securities and registered investment advisory services offered through Silver Oak Securities, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Black Oak Asset Management and Silver Oak Securities, Inc. are not affiliated.